I'm so zen right now. Green tea. It's a little late at night, early morning. What if we just talk like this? What if I just whisper at you? <laughs> What's up? It's Let These Go. It's time for my podcast. By the way, something that I did learn about voices. Voices mean a lot. Uh, the way you speak to somebody, your pitch, your tone, everything means so much. It's crazy that I was watching this uh, documentary and I don't know, I, I believe it was on First Ladies, but somewhere in the documentary, it talked about how they would get First Ladies to uh, to get into a speech class. And if they had high pitched voices, they teach them to kind of go lower and speak softer, not so much softer. I'm a liar. Speak slower because it's. It's a better impression on a male's ears and a public's ears. If you have a lower tone, if you speak slower, and you're just right here, right? You like this? Rather than if I was talking like this, right? Ew. Which, by the way, I, I fluctuate from very different tones and pitches, as does everybody. But I'm going to just keep it right here. This is how I'm feeling right now. Uh, but yeah, that's a little tip. If you're getting into radio, if you want to speak better, <laughs> or if you want to be more attractive, because apparently that makes you more attractive to people, the way you speak. Uh, high-pitched voices don't tend to do that. Although for like guy, like really, really low, like over here voices uh, is a little off to my ears. Actually, hey, let's go ahead and twist that into hip hop. I actually feel like there's very few artists that make it that have that have a real deep voice like a like a game voice or like a shine voice it it happens but it happens rarely we kind of we tend to like our our hip-hop although it's manlier to have a deeper voice we tend to like our hip-hop with a bit of a different pitch uh kendrick has it in songs uh, j cole has it drake has it it's just a it's not so much a girl voice, but it is a more, I guess, yo, I suck at like octaves and what are like different terms for people that sing? Like, I, I just know octaves. I don't know. I was going to say bravados. That's probably not a talk term, but it's, it's a, around the same range of a woman speaking tone wise, melodic wise that we like over the, it's different. It's a little, I think the the bassier voice kind of blends in with the bass of hip-hop, like the in the song. So it might be a little tougher for us to get rather than a voice that's more distinct and prominent and maybe a little bit higher. So there you go. That's our speech talk for the day. By the way, I love speaking in front of people. Can you tell? Because I guess that's like one of the biggest fears, right, to do public speaking. I'm all good with that. I like talking in front of people. Uh, it makes me feel like like I'm a reverend. <laughs> But, yeah, I thought that was cool. A lot of people are afraid of that. A lot of people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of death. So there you go. That's one cool fact about me. Uh, okay, so today on the show, yeah, we're going to really get uh, personal with me. So get ready to get to know me a lot better. I've gotten into the to the thinking that maybe this is all going to come back and fuck me later. But I would rather be transparent with you. Fuck it. You know me. You'll have my back later when they try to come at me. Right? Right? No? Whatever. All right. So today on the show, on the night show that I'm on, uh, the guys wanted to talk about how to get away with cheating. We do like this list of 10 every night, 1030. And we do different lists. Like we've done, which ones have we done recently? How to spot a fake friend. Uh, it's just like super lifestyle stuff, right? And damage 
he he wanted to do how to get away with cheating and he had his tips and and you know what's crazy is that we did the tease and I was very reluctant I'm very I'm very aware of the fact that what I say over the radio really hits people's ears especially when I did the morning show with Big and sometimes we talk we go crazy topic wise as far as like sex goes or hooking up or partying and I'm young but I still had that like thought like yo there's a kid going to school listening right now and we're talking about Bigging up a girl for getting breast implants. We're saying like applauding someone for like having a one night stand. And then I, like all in, in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, yo, there's a little girl thinking like there's a little girl that this is latching on to. Or there's a kid that this is like resonating with. And the only reason that I do take that so much to heart is because I was the little kid listening to the radio in the morning with my dad or my mom. And I would listen intentively to the radio and whatever the jock said. So like I'm already no, I'm that kid. There's another kid like me. And so it would be so it would make me so aware that I'm and maybe that's bad. Because it, it, it keeps you from saying certain things. But I also feel in at least knowing that you're going to have an influence over somebody. Take control of what that influence is going to be. But on the show, we had we had listed 10. We had the tips we're going to give you to get away with cheating. Oh, I was so reluctant about it. And we did the break that was going to tease the, the whole segment. And the guys had great tips. And then, like, literally, the segment was, like, we went on air and, like, just nothing went on air. Like, something malfunctioned with the board. We had to just go into commercials. We couldn't do the segment right after we were going into the mix. So we didn't have as much time to... um to get that segment out but it really tripped me out i was just like yo this segment's not supposed to go out it was wild like the guys went on social media and started giving their tips there but the fact that like it didn't go over the airwaves is probably because somebody that would stick to these rules would be listening and the fact that they now didn't like that was just kind of like to me some divine intervention because that type of board malfunction has yet to happen to us until that segment which is crazy I'm, I'm, if you haven't noticed already, I'm a constant believer in there's no such thing as coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. And so that's another, that's another <laughs> reason for me believing in that. But this is where we're going to get really personal because I've decided to talk to you about the time that I cheated. Because I feel like I can't say don't cheat if I don't also say what happened to me. And I do come from, I do come, I do come from both sides of the fence. I come from the side of the fence getting cheated on and doing the cheating. Uh, so I know what it's like to be hurt by it. And I ended up, I cheated after I was cheated on. So maybe I'm the worst of it because I knew how hurt I got with it and I still ended up hurting somebody else. So I don't know if I should go into what happened to me because that's a like, that's, cr that's a crazy, that's a crazy story. And maybe I don't want you to have any pity towards me or any sympathy towards me or use that like to okay when I cheated so I'm not gonna say that story but uh I did cheat on somebody that loved me very much and this person was there for me courted me like he should have was very loyal I could I could honestly say like with a hundred percent belief in this that he never cheated on me I know that I was the one that he thought of that he spent time with that he made time for because we were both really busy and at the time I'm coming up in radio he's coming up in his field uh and we just were each other's 
So see, this thing with me is, and and it's a gift and a curse. I always say that uh, I can I can lose not lose interest, but if I know that I'm supposed to be done or be over with something or somebody, I I don't try to linger. I don't stick around. I don't dwell. I just take those steps to move on. So me and this person were together, and there was like just it it became a very argumentative type of relationship and I have a lot to do with it I'm not going to call myself an alpha girl or whatever but I feel like sometimes I do take on the role because I do so much I do take on the role of the woman that acts like the man so like I, I wear the pants basically I call shots in relationships and it is to my advantage and to my disadvantage advantage because I can hold my own and I'm not dependent disadvantage in that uh, it can make a man feel inferior. And also uh, there are moments where I want to be the girl. There are moments where I want to be spoiled. There are more moments where I want to be, uh, where I want to feel like the princess and it doesn't happen because I'm so caught up in being the boss, being the one that wears the pants. Uh, so our relationship kind of led into that. And prior to this person's relationship with me, he said that he used to just run the relationship and he wasn't used to the girl having the control. And I think that in relationships, there's... I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily 50-50 all the time. I think there's always, it's like more yin and yang. And yin and yang, you know, like you complete each other, you kind of balance each other on different ends, but it's never 50-50. Where I lack, he might have strength. Where he lacks, I might have strength. There's always that, there's always that like a shift of energy with two people, period. It could be two friends. It could be uh, two people that work together and it could be in a, in a relationship. Dude, my heart feels like crazy right now for knowing I'm going to explain this. Because it's, it's hard to fucking say you fucked up and say you're the bad person. But I, I literally am in this situation. So, uh, But going into the energy fields of people, there's always that constant um, back and forth. And and even what, what I am in one relationship with one person, I'm not in a relationship with another person. Like, I could be the, wearing the pants with this type of person or this man, and then the next man, I could be the princess or I could be the equal, uh, it, it just varies with the person that you deal with. I always like to say that people are like elements in the periodic table, whereas all these elements separated, they're neither good nor bad. Maybe two elements on the periodic table you can mix together and they could make glitter or magic. Yet, if you mix one of those elements with another one on the periodic table, they can make an explosion. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's not it's not necessarily that one element is bad. It's just the connection, the bond between two can be ex explosive or it can mesh together and make greatness. Uh, I think that's how humans are. People aren't necessarily good or bad, but it's what they become when they're together or mixed or in a relationship or meet or bond that the relationship and bond itself is good or bad, not necessarily the person or the people in it. I don't know if I've said this before. I feel like I'm repeating myself. But if I have, I'm sorry. If I haven't, okay, here you go. <laughs> uh, so going back to this person, he loved me a lot. I loved him too. Like I, he courted me right. It was, it was a great, it was a great relationship within the dating process of it then we got together and I don't know what it became I guess I, I might I may have expected things from him he may have expected things from me 
And I, I remember always telling him, like, yo, I'm not the girl for you. Like, you need a girl that's, like, lesser than you. Because I started feeling myself be intimidating to him because of how much I was doing. And it's not necessarily like he wasn't strong enough, but some guys aren't used to it. They may be used to a certain type of girl or being the dude. And then once you get a girl that is more so, like, dependent and you don't have to do so much for her, it kind of throws them aback. And I felt that a lot. And I was... Maybe I was projecting a lot. I was projecting a lot of what had happened to me prior to this person. And again, none of this this person deserved. This person is a great man. There is no, nothing he did that made me cheat. So we got together. We got into troubled waters. It, it got into that just very oof, like frictiony type of relationship. And, and we split up. A couple months go by. I want to say it was like it was three, four months, five months maybe. And then I see him again. We try to just see each other like as friends again, like let's meet up. Let's just like hang out. And again, it was that attractiveness. I'm attracted to this person. I genuinely care about this person. And we left off on literally we left off on. I was I just hit him with literally I hit him with a, a Kanye West um, love lockdown. And I told him I'm not loving you like I like I wanted to like it's not our time. <laughs> That's literally what I hit him with. And and then so a few months passed and we see each other again and we decide to move forward again together. This was what led to everything. Again, I kind of fell back into the familiarity of the relationship. I already know this person. There was no courting. It was more so like, hey, we're together then. And I remember I tried to stall it too. Like he kept asking me to be his girlfriend and I was like, no, like I can't. And I, and I don't know what reasons I made up. But at that time, I was so established in my career and I was so okay with who I was and, and I I, I, gen I wanted love and I wanted to be have that man, but I just knew what it was before. And so I was just like, eh, okay, let's get back together. And maybe this is weird. Maybe when it's good. And see, I, I think of this sometimes. I know I spoke of this before, that sometimes we grow up thinking that the chaos is comfortable, that the chaos is the norm. Like you see, or you've been cheated on so much or you've been through cheating and scandals and drama so much, you're not comfortable in a relationship unless there is that drama. So you create it if there isn't. I think I was in that space where I knew so much of bad and I knew so much of rocky relationships and we had already left off like this didn't work the first time that I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen again this time. And when I was drunk, when I was, I would... I would also hang out with my with someone I previously dated. I would hang out with them because they knew me, because they were they were familiar to me. They were and it was it was platonic. It was friendly. It was like he knows me, he knows my family, he knows my friends, he knows what I do for a living, like I can talk to him freely and he was my escape from my current dude. Because with my current dude, it was it was just friction for no reason. It would just be me getting mad for no reason. And you really can't explain that away. Like, you know how when guys don't get girls, we probably can't even give you the answers to when you say, why do you act like that? Or why do you, why, what's going on? We probably cannot give you a, a definitive answer because it's just something in our nature. Like I, I couldn't, we, we had friction and I knew that I created that friction. And it's funny because I remember I had a journal and I was like, I wish I could love him how he deserves me to love him because I knew what I was doing was fucked up. I knew what, I knew how I was treating this person was, wasn't the right way to treat somebody that loves you. So I was with this person and I was still hanging out with someone I used to date. 
And that someone I used to date had feelings for me too. Like it was, and it was crazy because the the person that I used to date, I would say the most beautiful things to this person. I would be so sweet to this person. And I think not having the label or the like expectation with this person is why it went so well. And so I would just like give this person love and support and give him that that trust that the other that the dude I was actually dating would always want. And I would give this person uh, I would give the person I used to date so much in on my life whereas when the person i dated would hit me with shit like i would be like yo stay out of it and stuff and he did he didn't deserve this you know let's tie this back into hip-hop real quick because i'm totally veering off of <laughs> of what you know me for but kendrick lamar's song opposites attract where he says we hurt people that love us and love people that hurt us uh i think that can best explain what the fuck i'm trying to explain this is my first time telling this story but even just the different verses and the different uh aspects and perspectives that he has in that song i think doesn't really explain why but more so that it happens and maybe i'll figure out why later but maybe i'm not meant to know it yet but yeah listen to opposites tracked good hip-hop tie-in so one night uh me and the the man i was dating we went to have wine and i got drunk and when i get drunk i start drunk texting and i'm drunk texting the dude that i once dated and I'm texting him that I miss him and I'm texting him that I love him and that I can't stop thinking about him. And I want like I don't even remember what it is I text him, but I know it was along those lines while I'm with the person that I'm dating. And then we go we go back to my place and I fall asleep and I wake up because I'm cold. Like I wake up and like there was no cover on me. And I look at I like get up and I was like, oh, he must have went to the bathroom or something because he slept over. He must have went to the bathroom or something. Um whatever and then i go to check my phone and then my phone has like a screensaver on it that's not my like the the screensaver i usually have on my phone it was like it was like a picture it said like unloyal on it or something and i i just thought like maybe it's his phone i got up i went to the bathroom and then i looked for him in my crib and i couldn't find him and then i came back to my to the bedroom and then i saw like oh shit this is my phone and i didn't have a lock on my phone because I'm lazy. Like, I don't want to do, like, those numbers all the time. I just wanted my phone to be open. And I didn't want I didn't want to put a lock on it. And I didn't, like, I wanted him to know, like, fuck it. I don't care if he looked through my phone. He looked through my phone while I was asleep. And he saw the text that I had with uh, the dude that I was previously dating. And he left. Like, I hit him. And basically, like, you can't lie about it. Like, I'm not, I'm also not a person. I'm a person, like, I'm a person that doesn't lie. Like, I'm not going to lie to him. And you can't lie in those instances. That's why I feel so weird about people that get caught and still, like, deny, deny, deny. And so it happened. I don't know if he texted me. I think I texted him and I was like, hey. And he's like, on one. Like, he hates me. And all I could say was, I'm sorry. Like, if you let me explain, I'm very sorry. He was just like, I don't ever want to see you again. I don't want to talk to you again. You did this and I can't believe and in in your house and, and I saw you and you would hang out with him and this and that. And I really couldn't, I couldn't back myself up. I fucked up. And, and see, even though there was no sex involved with this person that I previously dated, I understood the cheating aspect of what just happened. 
I gave another person the attention, the passion of what I should be giving only to my man. And I gave it to this other person. And I gave it to him wholeheartedly. And not only did I give it to him, I never gave it to my man. Like, he he's like, dude, you're telling him things you've never told me. You're telling him things I wish I could hear from you. There's nothing that I could say to defend myself. Yes, yes, I was. And that's cheating. I will say that's cheating. That's what I did to this person. I cheated on him. I gave away parts of, of love that he should have. And he didn't even have a piece of that. I would treat him so mean. And it took a lot. After that, it took a lot of like, it took a lot for me to dig inside myself and figure out what I needed fixing with, what I had grudges on when it came to love, what it had, what I, what was in me that was so broken that I had to break somebody else. And I don't deserve this person in my life. This per, this man is still in my life. I really tried and I really, I changed and I became, well, first I became the person that I always hated and I'd always talked about and I always said I wasn't going to be. No one plans to be a bad person. I don't think people are born evil. I really feel like you have more righteous in you. Like instinctively, naturally, you want to do right. And so what late what leads you to do these things is, is something that happened to you or is is very reactionary at least it is in my case i did, i never do it for fun and i think maybe that's the worst part because i didn't just cheat like i just didn't hook up with somebody i invested in another person the way that i should have only invested in the person that's in my life so in that i try to like figure out what the fuck is going on what's wrong in my head what happened in my past what happened in my childhood what what happened with my son's father that I am lashing out on with this next person that genuinely loves me and doesn't deserve it in no way shape or form Mm -mm, he didn't at all like I don't excuse myself and the and I think taking responsibility is the first step on it a lot of the times we we do these things and then we figure out ways to like pass it off and I could have, too. I could have been like, yo, I've been cheated on, so that's why I cheat. Yo, I saw pa- my parents go through this, so that's why I cheat. And then, like, kind of help yourself brush it off and relieve yourself of any guilt. Uh, but I really, um, I did it. I deserve the guilt. I deserve the blame. And in, in at least giving yourself that, you also deserve the chance to be better. But I listen to a lot of TED Talks. <laughs> I listen to I know this is Matt's like I really want to be more hype I don't know maybe it's the weather but I listen to a lot of TED Talks and there was this TED Talk Um, if you're not familiar with what TED Talks are it's basically cool people that go up on stage and talk about cool stuff they're like scientists psychologists anything is all the is they go on this like these conventions and they talk to other people that are ists and (laughs) they create there it's like they share ideas But there was this one TED Talks and it's called Why We Love and Why We Cheat. And this woman, Helen Fisher, she said that our brain systems when it comes to love are divided in three. Into lust, into romantic, and and into attachment. These three systems. And I'm going to play it for you off of my laptop, so my bad if it sounds crazy. But I do want want you to hear this part and then I'll just kind of discuss it a little bit more. However... There's always kinds of complications in this. Um, These three brain systems, lust, romantic love, and attachment, don't always go together. They can go together, by the way. That's why casual sex isn't so casual. With orgasm, you get a spike of dopamine. Dopamine is associated with romantic love. And you can just fall in love with somebody who you're just having casual sex with. Um, With orgasm, then you get a real rush of oxytocin and vasopressin. Those are associated with attachment. 
This is why you can feel such a sense of, of, of cosmic union with somebody after you've made love to them. But these three brain systems, lust, romantic love, and attachment, aren't always connected to each other. You can feel deep attachment to a long-term partner while you feel intense romantic love for somebody else, while you feel the sex drive for people unrelated to these other partners. In short, we're capable of loving more than one person at a time. In fact, you can lie in bed at night and swing from deep feelings of attachment for one person to deep feelings of romantic love for somebody else. It's as if there's a committee meeting going on in your head as you are trying to decide what to do. So I don't think, honestly, we're an animal that was built to be happy. We are an animal that was built to reproduce. I think the happiness we find, we make. And um, uh, I think, however, we can make good relationships with each other. Okay, what she said basically didn't explain why people cheat, but she did kind of just sum it up in saying there's different expressions of love. And one, of course, is lust. One, of course, is romantic. And one, of course, is attachment. And so... It kind of just helped me. Like, this is really the journey that I took after I cheated. And I actually took the time to have a journey after I cheated. Because I want to be a better person. I want to be the person that doesn't need to do any of that. I want to be the person that's whole, being in a whole relationship with one other person. When she says you can be in love with two people at the same time, or maybe even three people at the same time, it's something that it's an idea that's like, no, you can't. Because we believe in, like, the fairy tale. We believe in the fantasy of just loving one person and being your soulmate. But it makes a lot of sense to something that we think is so senseless, like cheating sometimes. Especially at the point where she said you can be, you can feel deep love for someone that you're going to be with for a long time. But you can also feel strong attachment to somebody else. And I think sometimes you feel attachments and not love. And you can mix them up. Granted, because they all like live in the same category that is love. It's just different ways to express love, right? But I took that and I just followed that journey. Like, what am I really out here to do? This person deserved me to give him all of me and he didn't deserve to be cheated on. But at the same time, uh, it's not something that I willingly am doing. It's not something that I'm like, okay, I want to cheat on you. I want to hurt you. I want to do you bad. It's not that either. I also couldn't help the attachment that I had to this other person because we were in a prior relationship and because they did know me. Uh, I made those steps and I kind of took that journey. But I did want to talk to you about the time that I cheated and why I'm so hesitant about talking about that on air. Because I know it's fun. It's it's topical. It's who listens to us. And I'm not against it. I'm not going to be like, you're a bad person because you cheat because I cheated. And I'm not a hypocrite. And I think in order to... In order to understand the problem, I don't think there's a fixing of a problem. In order to, to understand the situation, you really got to think of yourself. A lot of the times we see problems or we see situations and we never ask why we got ourselves here. Maybe I have said this before, but I'll say it again because it's so good. In Southpaw, I'm a boxing fan, but in Southpaw, the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, he, yeah, I think I have said this before. Well, He ends up like in a badass situation, horrible situation where like, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, his, his wife dies. They take his daughter away from him. He's stripped of all his money. He's poor now. He can't box again. And he's basically like the worst of times. And from all, from all reasons, he could be like, yo, the world did this to me. Life is fucked up. But then he's asked, 
What did you do to get yourself here? What part did you take in where you're at right now? And and he when he's asked, he kind of gets mad at that. Like, what you mean? Like, like and and it's it's easy to be like, I didn't. I'm not the reason my wife died. I'm I didn't kill her. I didn't do this. I didn't. Da, da, da. But then it's like, okay, strip that. Really, really see what you can take responsibility for, whether it's leading a lifestyle or whether it's going towards places or not going towards places or people or taking advice or not taking it what did you do or like just your your own traits characteristics of yourself that lead you to become or lead you to get where you are at this very moment in time if you're in a fucked up situation if you're in a if you're in a rut what did you do what part can you take in why you're where you're at and let me tell you that that's Putting blame on yourself or taking some sort of responsibility, taking responsibility, period, for whatever it is, helps you more than not taking responsibility in it. Because when you take responsibility in it, when you take that blame, that guilt, that look at you, look at what you did, you can also then say, if it's something you did, if it's something you are, if it's something you thought or said, it's something you can change. Like, you are in charge of you. You are in control of you. So whatever you did to get you somewhere how can you reverse that now it's like how can you fix that part of you or or what can you do to better handle or better uh deal with these things that come into your life now and then begins the process of getting out of the rut of then being successful of then being a better you uh, because a lot of times like especially like fucked up shit happens all the time and we could say it's it's other people's fault it's the world's fault it's society's fault but what can i what is it in me that put me here so then what is it in me that can get me out of here and you'd be surprised at how much one, how much you can take as in responsibility and you're like, fuck, I did a lot of shit to get myself here. But also, damn, I have a lot of power to get myself out. With that recognition comes so much power. And I know we, we, we step away from giving ourselves that recognition because we don't want the guilt. But boy, that power to get out of it is so dope, is so strong. So I say all of that to say I took that time to look inside to be that okay what can what did I do to get myself here what did I let affect me what did I let uh move me what did I let uh weaken me so that now what can I use to strengthen me it's 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 really I I think I think uh being in trouble with myself being the one that I'm looking at and blaming and pointing the finger at helped me out the most than I could ever in anything. So that's my cheating story. And I think maybe we didn't say that stuff on air. See, here goes my reason for everything. Maybe we didn't say that stuff on air and it didn't go through so that I could be like, hey, I want to talk about my cheating story so that now I did talk about my cheating story so that you heard it. Boom. No coincidences. <laughs> Okay, so I go from that to another topic that I feel I need to be talking about, uh, where sometimes we're the sheep and sometimes we're the shepherds. There's a reason why there are less shepherds than there are sheep. A lot of the times we're like, yo, why aren't people getting me? Why don't people know what I'm saying? Why are, is everybody doing this and I'm thinking this way? It's because you got to understand, like, if you're meant to lead, 
you're going to be alone in thought. You're going to be one of the only ones that gets you. But it's not a bad thing. It's because that should let you know that there are people waiting for you to lead them somewhere. There are people waiting for you to help them in their group thought. Because a lot of people just group think whatever one opinion is, all of their opinion is. Uh, so then be that shepherd. Be the one that has the opinion or has the move or has the route. And that can take them somewhere. And I don't necessarily think that the people that are supposed to be shepherds are always shepherds. They're like born and die shepherds. No. And this is all figuratively, of course. Sometimes we're meant to be the sheep. Sometimes we're meant to be the shepherds. Sometimes we're meant to help lead somebody. Sometimes we're meant to listen to another person. So I don't think it's a, a position that is firm and permanent. I think it's a position you flip from. I say that to talk about another situation going on in my life where there is somebody that this person is the black sheep in a certain crew around me. And I've been seeing it. I've been more so observant of what's going on. And you know, it's crazy that when I started in radio, I got labeled the black sheep in in another in another place that I was at and nobody fucked with me because I was just already labeled and it's not even nobody fucked with me everybody was like get the fucking black sheep out of here and I knew in my heart like I knew I wasn't I wasn't bad I wasn't out to get anybody I wasn't uh, rebellious I was very much passionate I was very much loving I just got labeled off top and I'm seeing this happen and I could have jumped on the bandwagon. I could have been like, yeah, F this person. We ain't messing with this person. But I realized that sometimes we're supposed to be shepherds to these people. Well, actually, in the bad situation that I had, I knew how, again, I knew how much it hurt. I knew how much it sucked. I knew how much, like, being outside of the window, looking in at everybody having fun or everybody loving each other and them casting you out. Like, it, it hurts. It fucking sucks. I knew that was happening. And then I, I, I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it literally transpire before my eyes. And now I can be, I remember knowing the person that was in my position now back then. And that person, when they were in that position, they used their position to be like, no, fuck her. <laughs> and I could be in that position. I could sway and I can influence now. And I'm not going to do that. Sometimes you have to, even if this, and, and reputation is so important, but I feel like, you need to know when to think for yourself because it also in reputation that requires you being in the group thought. Oh, they're saying she's like this or he's like this. Right, he's like this. Let me let me automatically give my my opinion about this person based on what I hear about them. And sometimes you got to fight that because, of course, it's a defense mechanism for you, but it's also a keep out for them. And we also got to realize that sometimes we're here to help other people in their imperfections. Not that we're perfect. But instead of ridiculing people or counting them out because of their imperfections or where they haven't matured in life and you have, how about recognize like, yo, I can help them in this area because it's where I'm stronger. So that's what I'm choosing to do. And it, it's something that just I legit one second I was like, oh, F this person. I ain't trying to be around this person. Like, I'm going to keep myself a distance from this person because so-and-so saying this and that and that saying here. And no, uh, something spoke to me and said, no, this is the time for you to be the shepherd to this sheep and not to discredit this person saying they're sheep or saying, like, I'm the shit, I'm a shepherd. But in this instance, uh, this, this is what I need to do. And I'm saying that to you because maybe there's somebody in your life 
around you that you're staying away from or that you're not accepting because of what you heard about them and maybe even because of what they've done. But then sometimes that's that's where your divine calling, your divinity, your uh, superiority as a being is being called upon called upon you're meant to help this person grow and that's cool like that that gives you such a such a position such a reason to be why the world is good such a reason to be why growth and acceptance and compassion are such great things in our lives because you can now extend that to somebody that you maybe wouldn't okay what else we gonna talk about in this deep ass freaking podcast Oh, yeah. Another podcast that I freaking checked out was on stereotypes. Now, we all think, you know, I remember I went to camp one year for in my elementary school. I think it was in sixth grade. And we went to camp. And in camp, they had they had us just sit down in a circle and they had like a like a whiteboard. And then they put out different races. They put like Mexican, Americans. African-Americans, Chinese, and they're like, okay, everybody, tell us what you know about each of these groups. And then it's like people would talk about like Mexicans uh, and it's like gardeners, cooks, work hard, maids. And then it's like black people, thugs, slaves. They like chicken, white people, racist, hicks, trailer parks, and and so on. Like people were just throwing out things, right? And so afterwards, the counselor she was like, okay, I want you guys to look up on the board and notice that I said, just give me things that you know of these races or these cultures and notice that all of what you guys told us was negative. The stereotypes that you give us for these people isn't a good stereotype. And everyone felt like a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, we felt so bad. But then that also kind of gave you the like, look at your, check your brain, bro. We just said, tell us things. We didn't say, tell us mean things, tell us jokes. We didn't say any of that, but that's directly where we went. But it was meant to be an introspe- introspective uh, exercise and that it was. So I heard this podcast about this woman and she was talking about woman stereotypes. She ends, she plays poker actually. And so in poker, it's a male-dominated, it's a male-dominated sport, and I think there's only like three percent women in the whole like professional poker tournaments and stuff. And so she was just talking about how men just feel away when they're playing a woman in poker, whether they feel there, and then she knows that there's different different thinkings. There's the guy that wants to flirt with her. There's the guy that can't lose to her because he can't lose to a girl. There's a guy that's like, why is she even in here? Like, that does that just discredits her off the bat. And so there's stereotypes in that women can't bluff because we're so emotional or we're so we're so we wear our heart on our sleeves, whatever we're feeling you see. And there's all this stuff stacked against her and whatever field you're in right now. I just want you while I'm speaking to also think of whatever you're whatever stereotype can be used against you, because we all have stereotypes that are what, you know, other people are thinking when they see you. So when she when she would go into these tournaments, people would feel a way about her, think a way about her, already have these preset um, stereotypes of who she is, how she's going to play, all of that. So they're thinking this about her. And you could look at this as one of two ways. Like, okay, they're thinking this of me. I'm fucked. I'm already on the losing side. I'm already on the shorter end of the stick. Or you can say, like what she did, let me use the stereotypes that they have against me. And let me use them to my advantage. So she used when the guy would be flirting with her. Because he thinks, oh, I'm flirting with her. She's not going to win because... She's so invested in me. 
Whereas she would then be like, oh, this guy thinks that this, like they think they're going to they're gonna run it like this. And she ends up being the dude because he's too busy flirting with her, trying to get her to like him. She even says he tells her, her his hand because he's just like, oh, like you're going to here. Look at this. And then he's, she ends up beating him. The man that feels like, yo, I can't lose to a girl is so aggravated and so angry at her, shuts her out that she then uses her girl tendencies. She'll laugh or she'll be like, oh. Because this guy also thinks she can't bluff. So if she says, oh, she really must mean that her cards suck. Or if she's just too giddy, her her cards are good. And so that works in her favor, right? So then you got to think of what, what can work in your favor with a stereotype that's pit against you in whatever realm or field that you may be in. I know with me, I have stereotypes put against me because I'm a woman and I'm Latina and I'm in hip hop. And so... Especially the woman, the woman aspect of it. We're not, we're meant to be the pretty co-host. We're meant to be the cute girl. We're not meant to be the ones that know stuff. We're not meant to be the ones that can really like challenge you. It would, it would constantly get on my nerves. Like, yo, all the guys get this and I go and I don't, and I can't go here and I can't do this. And blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, but look at what you can do. Once you get an artist to open up to you, they'll open up to you in ways that other, that a man can't get them to open up to. Like two dudes won't tell each other about an insecurity they have, but they'll tell you about an insecurity they have. Like I said, I think one of my best, one of my favorite things to do by far is interview. And one of the best moments for me is when I can get an artist to open up because, like I've said before, they're expressive beings. They're making art. They want to talk about their art. They want people to understand them through their art. And so in conversation, that's another form of art. It's a, it's a way you, you also express yourself. But they're so used to having to be the dude, having to be around the boys. But when you're a girl and you can get them to start speaking about their art, they want to then just let you be their vessel of the message that they want the world to hear. So then I use that, call it the stereotype of just being the homegirl, the stereotype of being like that either motherly figure, just womanly figure in your life that you feel you can tell th these things to. I use that in interviews. I know that with me, I can, I can talk about feelings. I can talk about thoughts and it's not weird. Like the guys can't talk about feelings because it's like not a man thing to do, but I can. And then I can get it out of these artists who also clearly have feelings. So it was a really interesting, it was a really interesting episode of a podcast. And I like how like all my freaking, um, all my podcasts are directing you to other podcasts. <laughs> hey, listen to me and don't anymore. Listen to other people. <laughs> no, but I really enjoyed this podcast. Actually, I'm going to look for it. It's an NPR podcast called Hidden Brain, Episode 3, Stereotype Threat. She'll probably explain it better than how I explained it. But I do want to say that because I feel like, uh, again, the stuff that's stacked against us in the world, we can't we tend to use as a scapegoat. Like they think I'm like this. So I'm not going to do this because then they say this and and they treat me like this. It's like, OK, so how can you get how they treat you and how you already know? See, because at least, you know, what they were their side is. It's common. It's like in your face, whatever they think of you or however they treat you. So how can you use that to your advantage then instead of being hurt by it? How can you be strengthened by it? How can you? manipulate the situation for lack of a better term and make it in your favor because you definitely can once you even know the fact that you can makes you that much more stronger of a player in the game because they may be feeling these ways and things about you but not know that it's something that it can even be used against them all right enough life stuff <laughs> let's talk about music uh actually nothing's coming to my head and that's rare <laughs> 
So maybe I'm not supposed to talk about music. How about this? You hit me with any music questions that you have. Uh, you can tweet me at Letty, L-E-T-T-Y on Twitter. Or you can comment me on the SoundCloud. And whatever questions you may have, we'll talk about it in the next episode. I got you for the next one. It's going to be all about you. No pun intended to Tupac. Or maybe yes, because we'll probably talk about Tupac. Boom. Again, nothing's a coincidence. <laughs> Bye.